welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. Keegan Hadley is a doctor of occupational therapy specializing in in using psychological, sorry, psychological treatments such as acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, with his patients as a patient and a therapist, he has a deep understanding of the inter- interventions and knows how emotional stress can interfere with rehabilitation, daily activities, and overall quality of life. As an athlete, he tore both ACLs playing college and semi-professional football. This experience has made him acutely aware of the struggles associated with psychologically post-ACL injury and how to overcome them with positive results. Keegan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lance. Yeah. Say, before we get into what you do now, tell us how you got here. I'm always interested to know, you know, what led you to the entrepreneurial journey? Are you from a family of entrepreneurs? Are you the first? Um, I don't have anyone in my family who's particularly uh, entrepreneurial. It's just the way I've always been, um, but um, definitely happy to be that way. That's that's for sure. Beautiful. Was there something in their childhood that maybe prompted that? I mean, I, one of the stories I always offer to people that for me was growing up, somebody who uh, was at lower middle class and money was always an issue. And my grandmother let me pick uh, these choke cherries one time. I went to the farmer's market, sold them, and I kind of understood from mm-hmm. there what, you know, what you could create with your own labor and everything like that. Yeah, I, I just enjoy the idea of being in control of what I can bring in for my family. Um, like many other individuals throughout the country, uh, my family has had financial hardship uh, throughout the years, and I just want to uh, do my best to make sure that my future family doesn't have the same uh, issues. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, tell us why you decided to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I tore my ACLs, I, I had a a particularly difficult time um, overcoming the psychological aspects of the injury. And as, as part of my recovery, I went to therapy and I'm, I'm a writer, just um, I always have been. I, I love to write and it's a good way for me to get my uh, thoughts and emotions down on paper and more concrete. Uh, so as I was going through therapy, I um, realized that a lot of these situations that I was talking about that really had left scars um, you know, on, on my life and really dictate how I do things could have been prevented or, um, you know, been a lot less traumatic had I had the psychological flexibility skills that I was in the process of cultivating as I begun uh, therapy. So what was it like writing the book? I mean, a lot of people have different approaches and I'm always curious, you know, some people are using like voice to text and then editing from there. Tell us about the process. Yeah, so a lot of mine, the stories were came directly from the journaling that was prescribed by my therapist. So I mean, I already had a lot of the story aspects of my book. The, the thing I did have to do was go back and find literature supporting how ACT could have improved those situations. So it, I, I was, I'm a typer uh, most of the time. I, I am getting back now into more handwritten uh, things for some of my other personal works, but um, I essentially had those stories and the farther I got into my therapy, the more I realized that there was likely others that had similar issues and it would be in 
um, you know, their interests as well as my own best interest to, you know, keep pushing the envelope uh, from a healing perspective to put these thoughts and ideas out into the world. Beautiful. Since the book has been published, um, what what has it done for you both personally and professionally? As far as personally, it continues to push me down the path of working on these skills daily. Uh, there's six associated skills with psychological flexibility or acceptance and commitment therapy, and I work on them um, daily just out of uh, necessity. I never want to um, you know, not practice what I preach. So from a personal standpoint, it's really kept me um, you know, en route to the never-ending process of recovery. And, um, you know, um, professionally, it's definitely opened a number of doors. Um, I, I'm able to um, kind of leverage that experience, uh, being an athlete who struggled, you know, with these physical injuries and the subsequent psychological struggles. I, I'm now um, helping researchers put together a framework for physical practitioners like physical therapists, athletic trainers, and even um, hopefully uh, like head coaches of small high schools and things that don't have athletic trainers or certainly not psychologists on staff to help provide, you know, rudimentary um, training for those individuals who are seeing the athletes daily so that they're not left alone to, um, you know, the struggles that I definitely um, had to go through. What are some of those common struggles that people have psychologically? Uh, you know, I can understand from a from a cursory standpoint. I'm not a professional athlete, not even a could have, couldn't even have been a semi-professional athlete. But I assume that you know when you're in that category of special people, meaning that like there's a very small segment of society percentage-wise that gets to that level, and then they have this devastating injury. You know, what is? I mean, are they going through the seven stages of grieving? Is it sort of similar to that? Um, each individual goes through it a little differently, which is kind of like a no death statement, but um, there, there's a few common themes throughout everyone who's gone through an injury like this. One of the first ones is, um, you know, loss of self-identity. That's, that's a huge one, because if you spend that long um, playing a sport, it becomes who you are. It's uh, many times when you meet someone, um, the first thing you ask is, what do you do? Um, and when that's taken away, if you spent your whole life, just speaking from my perspective, playing mm -hmm. football, um, and you wake up one morning and you know, um, that likely you're done, um, or that you're not going to pursue it anymore. Um, or you don't know if you're going to pursue it anymore. It really makes you take a hard look in the mirror as far as who, well, who am I underneath, um, the sport? So that that's very difficult. And obviously that comes along with confidence issues, self-esteem issues, um, just a uh, motivational, you know, motivation uh, type issue. So those are a lot of the things that we're working towards and uh, let alone just confidence in the lake. Uh, about 80% of the people that do reach out to me are trying to return to their sport. So uh, a huge issue is, I, I don't know if you or maybe some of your listeners have had a torn ACL, but it feels almost like, especially after you have surgery, that you almost have a leg transplant. It, it seems mm. very because it's a very small ligament and you know you wouldn't even have known you use it daily unless this happened to you and it, your leg never really feels the same unless you're training in a very um you know particular fashion to get back to how you used to be but that's that's kind of a whole nother um tangent but it's it's definitely something from a confidence um standpoint that a lot of people really really struggle with trusting that leg again Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's got to be devastating in that way. Just the trust 
alone, right? You're so, you don't even think about it until it's gone sort of thing. It's kind of like health in general. Um, yeah. Pretty amazing stuff. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, people have, people obviously have their own sets of skill sets, but let's say they want to break into a new industry, you know, mm -hmm. pharma, cryptocurrency, anything else. Could you talk a little bit about what it's like to take the skills maybe you have now and how you could translate that into breaking into a new industry? Yeah. So what, what I've done personally, as I, as I said, I'm a writer um, and I've always leveraged that ability to um, kind of get into the things I'm interested in. For example, right out of um, undergrad, I got a degree in pre-med. I was thinking I was going to go back to med school at the time and I became really acutely aware of how little you're qualified to do with a bachelor's in pre-med when I graduated. And um, as I was trying to save for school, I was lucky enough to get my first uh, break into the pharmaceutical industry. And I leveraged my ability to write and have a, um, you know, a decent amount of experience in the science industry. I mean, from a pre-med um, bachelor's standpoint, anyway, to become a medical writer for that contract research organization. And I've since um, you know, really skyrocketed my career consulting for pharmaceutical companies that are submitting uh, regulatory documents to the FDA or Health Canada or whatever the regulatory agency is. Um, and also, I've used the same kind of skills uh, just after I had accumulated a certain amount of um, confidence in that kind of technical writing. Um, I also was very interested, like many others were, um, I believe it was just last year, even though it feels like longer ago when uh, crypto was really taking off and everyone seemed to be talking about it. Um, I, I wanted to get involved, but I didn't necessarily want to put my money in it because I'm a very conservative uh, investor. So I, I found that uh, many of the people who are creating products and the, uh, things of that nature were very you know, uh, intelligent people, but not many of them could write. And they were, they were mm. trying to put out their products and describe to people what they're doing, but they didn't have an, you know, a, um, you know, a great way to put that out that was easily digestible to the common person. So I, I did some consulting for those um, startups as well. And, um, you know, that's, that's only paid uh, great dividends. And so, yeah, I believe it. What was your method for getting in with those folks? I mean, were you just cold calling or did you have, you know, sort of your own interface set up about what you do and would just kind of point into that direction? You know, how did you break that, break into that? Yeah, j just like anything else, uh, if you want to get into an industry, you you have to be, um, you know, around those people are networking heavily. So I, uh, you know, most of the year I'm on LinkedIn heavily uh, connecting with people, making connections and leveraging other connections to make new sought after connections to continue to build um, you know, relationships with pertinent individuals, especially if I'm trying to break into a new, um, you know, type of industry or, or learn, an, you know, something else. I'm always trying to learn. So that's a, a very important um, skill to have if you're wanting to especially break into a job that you don't necessarily have the prototypical background um, for that. That's, of you know, paramount importance. That being said, I think it's also important to take a step away from social media. Currently, I'm mm -hmm. You know, I'm not on or it doesn't appear that I'm on LinkedIn because I have a hibernated profile um, because I think it's important to spend at least a portion of the year kind of away from all the madness. So, yeah, it's madness indeed. Yeah. And we could put on the tinfoil hats and go for a while on that, but I think we'll avoid that. So <laughs> we probably agree. 
Uh, tell us about the current state of physical training. So, I mean, your book obviously is th th this book that is trying to give a leg up to folks who maybe can't ha don't have the physical trainer like you talked about the smaller schools. I think that's very noble. Um, what is wrong with the current with with the current state of physical training? Maybe you could speak to it, you know, in regard to joint specifically, like what, what is being missed? Yeah. So essentially what's uh, going on is we, we seem to be operating under the premise that it's the best, um, the, the best way to move forward with training these individuals who are either worried about um, getting joint injuries like athletes, because that's uh, no one ever wants a joint injury or just longevity. Um, you know, the aging population who still goes out on the weekend and uh, skis, snowboards, hikes, whatever the case may be, we, we, we seem to want to um, not stress the joints, like do not stress the joints at any, at any point in time. And um, unfortunately, joints are kind of like if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, mm. It's be a typical thing because um, especially in the U.S., we, we do whatever we can to um, if you hear anyone in the gym or watch any kind of videos you, you don't want to stress your knees when you're squatting um, you, you want to kind of avoid those kinds of things and I, I take kind of the opposite approach where I systematically I'm not doing crazy things um, right off the bat but I, I systematically and incrementally almost do the um, it just a little bit more each week to continue to um, stress my joints and make sure that they're going in the right direction because otherwise um, you're going to end up kind of in the toilet especially as you get older and that's that's what we've seen because we have i believe roughly 17 total knee surgeries compared to china's one and obviously they have a lot larger population so if you look at their um you know what, what they do in a typical day-to-day -day life they, they have the ability to squat all the way to the ground which mm -hmm. in the u.s is kind of seen as uh taboo um in those kinds of things so i i practice a lot of those kind of things and it's worked great for me as well as some of my clients. Tell us a little bit more deeper about the book if you could. Uh, maybe if you could kind of give us a, a, a synopsis or a breakdown of it um, and, and, and you know the journey you would take going through your book. Yeah uh, so essentially the book outlines my um, journey as an athlete from my freshman year of high school through um, my uh, career following college um, and it, it essentially is an introduction to acceptance and commitment therapy for athletes and it's advocating for its use not only as a um, uh, not only if you're in some kind of situation where you know you're, you're undergoing emotional abuse or any kind of abuse but also for athletic performance as well. My book advocates that acceptance and commitment therapy can make you not only a better athlete, but a better um, just functional member of society. Beautiful, beautiful. What, and uh, what is the book called and where can people go to, to find that book? Yep, it's called Torn, Overcoming the Psychological Challenges Post-ACL Injury. Um, you can uh, go to my website at theacltherapist.com or keganhadley.com and click on the book tab, it'll take you um, to an appropriate page or obviously uh, Amazon is, it's definitely readily available there. So. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, since you're a former semi-pro athlete, I, I I have to ask you the question. I, I'd love to hear your opinion about the instances like Leah Thomas, uh, if you're aware of the swimmer who entered into female swimming, 
you know, mm -hmm. we're kind of at the cusp of that in society of we're starting to see this um, this insertion of people who maybe shouldn't, you know, they should be in a certain category or something like that. Like, what is your overall take on that? Or should we just, you know, you've used the word acceptance a lot um, in this in this interview. And I, I'm curious if that follows through with that, if we should just let it all fly and keep rolling with what's happening. Yeah, so acceptance and acceptance and commitment therapy isn't um, typically what people think of when they think of acceptance. It's more so taking a look at what we've learned um, and making sure to utilize those lessons moving forward. Um, it's not so much to stand in the corner and deal with it. And I, I think, um, I think as in regards to the Leah Thomas, uh, situation and similar situations that if we tend to think of the one, um, you know, the one person or the, um, you know, few that could be, um, hurt, uh, emotionally from a decision. But I think, uh, many times it would be best suited to take the, opinions of the many that could be hurt by a uh, similar situation. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, two two last questions here as we kind of run up at the end of the interview here. Um, I ask these questions to every, every person we have on the show. Knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time to when you first started your business, first started your book, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? I would have not uh, worried so much about the editing aspect. Not that I didn't worry about, um, you know, I, I still worry about that uh, to a reasonable, you know, to a reasonable level. But mm -hmm. sometimes uh, people who are thinking about content creation worry more about making sure it's perfect. And if you go through, especially an entire book, you're going to continue to find things that you may be able to change. But realizing that, you know, likely if you're spending your time creating content, um, it, it's got a purpose in the world and it can help people and there, there, there will ne never be an absolute perfect. So just realizing that and putting it out into the world is um, the most helpful and important thing you can do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Last question here, Keegan. Um, if people want to learn more about you, I know you've already plugged the website. I'd love for you to plug it again or any other uh, places they can find and follow you. Where could people find and follow you? Yep. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, although I, again, I'm not super active um, at the ACL therapist. Um, and then also via my website, keeganhadley.com or the aclTherapist.com. Great. Keegan, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate your time today. We wish you well. My pleasure. Thank you. 